The Canadian immigration process can be complex and frustrating. With the Canadian Immigration Department making it virtually impossible to speak to an officer, there are few places to turn to for trusted information. The Canadian Immigration Podcast was created to fill this void by offering the latest on immigration law, policy, and practice. Please welcome ex-immigration officer and Canadian immigration lawyer, Mark Holthy, as he is joined by industry leaders across Canada, sharing insight to help you along your way. Well, everyone, there's one thing I know, and that is the simple fact that I cannot beat Twitter. So when it comes to announcements from the government, like this one right here, it is virtually impossible for me to get a video uh, created, scheduled, and launched to share this amazing news faster than everybody can post it on Twitter. But I don't think anyone can get a video out, especially a live video, out, as fast as I've been able to do here. I could not help myself. I literally dropped everything I was doing, scrambled quick, created the announcements, broadcasted across social media, and many of you at this stage are very well aware that the good times have arrived. Finally, a, a lifeline that's been extended out to post-grad work permit holders whose work permits have expired. And if you look, um, and I'm just going to go through the announcement, I'm going to dissect it. You'll see that through this announcement um, that it impacts the ability for individuals whose work permits are expiring essentially between January and December of 2022 this year, they will have an ability to apply through this basic revision or recreation of the 18-month post-grad work permit that was um, that was uh, launched uh, you know previously to help people who are suffering because of the pandemic. So. Fantastic news. And what else do we have? Well, clearly the reason they paused, flipping back here, the reason that they paused the express entry draws, you can you can see right here as they're talking about it here, was in order to get the backlogs down. And so their goal, you can see here, is to get the inventory reduced by July 2022, allowing us to return to the service standards that our clients expect. And what is that service standard? It's six months. And when we go here, and I'll just pull this up right now, IRCC processing times, this is code, okay? This is code and people are not talking about this. If you look here and we search up economic immigration and then we go to federal skilled worker, skilled worker federal, and we check processing times, you can see here that it's 27 months. Does that mean that it's going to be 27 months forever and ever? No, this is backward looking. People who've had applications that were submitted previously, they are working through it like crazy to get through them. So right now they post 27 months because people who submitted their application 27 months ago, some of them are still waiting and now they're getting their applications looked at, but they with all the money they've thrown at this, are going to be powering through these applications to get the vast majority of them um, processed. Um, and you can see here, they've reduced it down to just 48,000 by last month. And the goal is to wipe out all of them by July. So that's the goal. Now, you many people will remember the minister saying, we're going to do a rounds of invitations sometime in the spring, we're going to redo it. And then people are like, oh my goodness, it's already spring, you know, April's here, the month's just about done. And then I was quietly posting, 
June, I think 21st is the last day of spring in Canada. So, so with that being said, um, the minister really isn't too far off. Now, if they do a round of invitations, let's take a look here. I'm going to flip back again. EE round of invitation, IRCC. You can see the pattern that's that's followed to this point. And I'm going to get to what you guys need to do after this. We'll go through some of the specifics. Then we're going to dive into what you need to do now to start preparing. So April 13th, that was the last draw last week. And if we go back and look at the historical rounds of invitations, you can see that it was the provincial nominations came very, very methodically, consistently every two weeks. Uh, they were launched on the Wednesdays. And then if we go all the way back to September 14th of 2000, the question becomes now, will we see a CEC draw or will we go all the way back to, and maybe I'll go to number three. Oh, good guess. December 23rd, 2020, which was the last no program specified draw. So, you can see the pattern that existed here. These ones, they just did a ton of no program specified, no program specified, no program specified. And the minister has said he's going to resume the federal skilled worker. The question that we have is what will happen come July? In their uh, announcement here, you'll see that they announced that the intention is to resume them in early July. Okay, well, you can see here federal high skilled streams. This includes CEC, federal skilled worker, federal skilled trade, which we've seen nothing of that this past year either. And then ITAs will resume in early July. So realistically, what is the first, you know, what's the first draw in July? Um, well, I guess the first, the first week, the first Wednesday or the second Wednesday in July is probably when it's going to happen. Technically, it could be a Thursday, depending upon if they're going to flip back to, you know, CEC and then PNP or PNP CEC or PNP and no program specified. But the minister has indicated that they will um, they will work through it. So so that is that's the, the some some big, big news. But there are some other things as well. In addition to these two announcements, obviously, number one, just to reiterate, the minister said July is when Express Entry will resume. I'll talk about in just a little bit, hang tight. I'll talk about what you need to do now to get prepared for July. The second is this much awaited extension, this 18 month extension for post-grad work permit holders whose who's who's, um, PW post-grad work permit P, PGWP applications have in some cases you guys expired. Now I want, I want you to look at this as we, as we take a, uh, just a quick, quick look at the parameters around here. So it says here to help bring even more skilled workers quickly, we've doubled the numbers. Um, and, and that's great. So they, they talk about the processing here. They processed over a hundred thousand. And then here you'll see as we scroll down to the, the various factors that actually I'm going to pull up here and I'm going to go back to the postgrad here. You can see here when they're talking about the postgrad work permits right here, um, former international students who are in Canada and have postgraduation work permits expiring between January and December of 2022. This is backward looking. So all of you, and I know who you are, my, my heart goes out to you who've been just tormented thinking, what am I going to do? You know, maybe you know, we'll have to, I, I hope you, you followed the, the blog post that Alicia um, wrote on our website. And I think many of you who have gone to uh, our website are very familiar with the blog post that we've, we produced here, but Alicia did one 
back in, I think it was, uh, let's see, December. Let's see here. Uh, Wow, it's been a while, hasn't it? We've pumped out a bunch. Let's see here. Uh, I think I skipped past it. We've got so many blog posts, but I wanted to highlight this one here because we did videos. Oh, there, this one. This one right here. How long can I stay in Canada after my work permit expires? I hope you went here. I hope you read this. You looked at all of the the, the things that Alicia wrote about in this blog post, as well as on our YouTube channel, the video that we did giving direction and advice. Um, and let's flip back here now. Because what this says is, If your work permit has expired in January of 2022, you still have a shot. Even though you're like, what does the future hold? I can't, my employer won't support me with an LMIA. I don't have the ability to do anything. Um, I'm not getting drawn under the CEC. The postgrad work permit's expiring. I've already burned that up. If I go back to school, I can't get another postgrad. I don't have um, an ability to, to really even go home. My life is here, right? So obviously, um, Anyone, and I'm going to get to questions here in a little bit, you guys, but obviously anyone who's in this situation, it's wonderful news because I had meetings with Minister uh, Fraser uh, earlier in the year. I can't remember if it was January or February. It's all a blur now. But he said that the international students are a priority for him. So yes, the stress and anguish could have been removed if they had made this announcement earlier. And I don't know why they delayed or why they waited, but the, the positive is that this is retroactive. So if your permits expire January to December 2022, you will qualify for an additional open work permit of up to 18 months. And then you can see here, this is another little telltale that people are not talking about. We are exploring a simplified, expeditious process for this. And you can see, I'm not showing you details on it. I'm not. Because once again, they're making this announcement, but the details will be made available in weeks ahead. I can't tell you how many times the Liberal government loves doing this. Big splash and then details to follow. What have we seen? Well, they were going to do something for the the Ukraine um, crisis. And yes, they did. They launched it, rolled it out. But they also talked about a second step, which is family sponsorship. We haven't seen anything yet. Once again, we've got the announcement that basically allows all of you with expiring postgrad work permits to take a breath, just to do it with me, everybody. (sighs) Know that you've got a backup plan. You are now basically saved. The lifeline, you've fallen off of the boat, you're treading water in the ocean, the cruise liner you're on or whatever, the fishing boat is sailing away. They put the brakes on because they realize you've fallen over. And now the minister, Minister Fraser's up there. He's like whipping, he's whipping that, that boy and he throws it out to you with the lifeline and you grab hold and now he's pulling you in. So that is what we're at. But why he made you guys suffer? Why the torment? I followed all the Twitter stuff. I saw every time that you guys tagged me and I'm like, what have we done? Well, you guys, we've been doing everything in our power. I'm going to um, I'm gonna put here, I'm going to show you some of the things. And those of you who've been watching what we've been doing as um, a Canadian Bar Association will be well aware of this. But you can see here, Temporary public policy and temporary pilot process for COVID. Expanded access to work permits of foreign nationals. Uh, Let's see right here. We're going to go. I think I jumped past it. There we go. This one right here was 
And look how far back we we prepared this. Back in February, we were advocating to the minister to do this extension with certain modifications to the temporary public policy and a pathway to PR for foreign nationals who recently graduated. So these are two things that we've announced and we're waiting to see if the minister is going to do anything specific for students. Personally, I feel like they should carve out something for international students so that they're not taking up those spots for um, uh, express entry candidates, the traditional route. I think we should carve them out. I think they're two different cohorts that need to be treated differently and not just lumped in. Now, maybe the levels plans need to be adjusted, but I think that's something. And so that's the things that we've been doing. Obviously, you guys have heard me talk every time I've come on lives, uh, you know, and I know that the department watches these videos. I know they pay attention to what we're saying and they know it, but why they waited, I don't know. But that's just, it is what it is, right? So in, in the weeks to come, weeks ahead, trust me, the moment they launch this expeditious process, I will create a course, a foolproof course to allow you to make sure that you get it right the first time because there's nothing worse than filing this application and do not expect the process itself, you can see, will be simplified and expeditious, Okay. Now, ultimately, right now, when we go to the processing times and we go to work permits inside Canada, work permit from inside, initial and extension, look at how far we are. Okay. Those who are submitting paper-based ones, 205 days, 133 days, it's up to now for regular work permits. So even though the minister and more power to them. Okay, more power to them. I'll flip back here. Even though they say it's going to be an expeditious process, I do not hold out that you're going to get your work permit immediately. You're going to be able to file it. And if you're out of status, this is one thing that you have to pay attention to. If you are out of status right now, we don't have details on whether or not the act of filing will allow you to commence work. Some of you may be out of status. You may be in a restoration period. You may have blown past it. So the question we don't know is what kind of status do you need right now? Um, do you have to have valid status in order to benefit from this policy? What if it's been three months and you didn't follow the blog post that Alicia wrote right here? You didn't follow the, the instructions to make sure that you maintain status. You allowed your status to lapse and it's been beyond the restoration period. Is there going to be some kind of grace period? Are they going to allow? I hope so. I think so. But still, it's, it's something that you guys have to pay attention to. It's absolutely critical. Okay, I can see a ton of questions piling up and we will get to them, absolutely. But I want to shift back here and go through a couple additional announcements. So as we go through here, you can see there's a lot of congratulations here. Self-congratulations about all the good things that are do that you know that's happening. This is to address labor shortages. They recognize that, you know, this and, and let me let me try to explain something to you guys. There is a massive political aspect to all of this a massive political aspect. So they can't just say massive help for international students because then employers, you know, they need to spin it. And employers are going to say, well, what about us? What about the labor shortages, right? And not all employers understand how valuable you open work permit holders under the postgrad work permit categories, how valuable you are to their businesses, especially ones that have never hired you before. Okay. And so by, by, using the titles as 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 like um 
to channel and direct people's understanding and the messaging. This is to address Canada's labor shortage. It's not to save you guys who've basically been screwed for so many months. That's not why, right? Wink, 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 wink. Am I winking? I can't, yeah, I'm winking here. <laughs> this is this is a great new announcement for all of Canada, and it has to be spun that way. It has to be so that the person, you know, individuals who always feel threatened by foreign workers and how they're going to take away jobs from Canadians, because there is that element of Canadian society, even though the vast majority of people get it. They understand how important and valuable you are. The government needs to use this for political purposes as well to try to share a message that is going to benefit all of Canada, which I'll be honest, I have no problems with this title because for all intents and purposes, this is doing that exact thing. How many employers had to see you go? How many employers had to see you um, leave work and not work because your postgrad work permit expired? Being in limbo. You know, there's how many started the advertising process and then tried to file a work permit based on an LMIA that had not yet been uh, received? We helped employers do that just to keep you working. So these are all great measures. And obviously that 18 month is going to stretch it long enough for these rounds of invitations to start and for you guys to be okay. All right. Now I've had a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of discussion, International Experience Canada, IECs are like, what about us? We've been left out. And I get it. I get it. But the government, they understand that international students that have come spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, injected cash into the economy, created economic benefits. They are the individuals that are the priority above and beyond you IECers. And I know how frustrated you guys are. I know how frustrated you are. But Canada has international agreements with other countries. And those agreements have caps on the length and duration of work permits. And the IEC programs were never intended to allow international working holiday, uh, you know, candidates, applicants to transition to PR. That's a possibility if everything lines up right, but it was never designed to do that. And that's why there's silence on the IEC world. Much to the frustration, and I hear you, I understand, but that's what's going on here. You've come and worked here, and you've been given an opportunity to get an open work permit when people coming from other countries that don't have that same uh, reciprocal agreement with Canada, um, they don't have that opportunity. The employer has to show that they that they can't find a Canadian before they can hire them. But for you, if you are in that quota that's been you know that's been um, authorized or allocated to your country, if you get that and you come. It's not, it's designed to come get experience in Canada and then go home. It really is. Even though, even though technically when you're applying for a study permit, you have to put everything in there possible to show that you do not intend to come and stay as a permanent resident in Canada, but you will go home following completion of your studies. That's this fiction that's operating. But with IEC, Canadians can go to, to Ireland, can go to Australia, can, can go to you know, uh, other countries and also benefit from the same open work permit provisions, which also don't necessarily afford a pathway to permanent residence. So I wanted to touch on that because there's individuals that are like wondering, why? What about us? Why are we being left out? That's why. Now, that's a policy decision. That's a political decision. That's a reciprocity decision with other countries, right? And so you have to understand that's what's motivating this, just, just so you understand. Okay, now let's flip back here and let's go through a few more and then I will get to some questions. And I also, in the course of answering the questions, I'm going to share some insight on what you guys need to do now. All right, so as we scroll through here, like I said, there's a lot of politics about this and uh, and 
he said express entry you can see right here early july then they they talk about the challenges that they were facing and i'm going to be very critical with the government here because they also took upon themselves massive new programs with the afghan crisis and the ukraine crisis which i am fully supportive of but they made these big splash announcement announcements without the ability to fully um contemplate the impact it was going to have on all of you guys right so that's something that they didn't take into consideration. So now they've said, yes, they've paused it. We know that. And they're hoping early July, then the vast majority of new applications will be processed. Okay. So vast majority. Why do they say vast majority? Because they've always said that express entry is to be processed in six months for 80% of the applications. And if you go back to the YouTube channel, if you have not watched this, Okay, and I'm going to flip back to our YouTube channel right here and I'm going to shift my screen over. You will see right. Where is it? Oh, I don't see it. It's not up here. Uh, I guess I didn't change it to latest content. Let's see. Okay, right here. So how IRCC's use of artificial intelligence. Will Tao came and joined me. You absolutely need to go check this video out right here. If you didn't, we just did it yesterday. We talked about processing and we talked about the fact that this this um this uh, artificial intelligence, and I'll call it, I'll call it as it is. It is what it is. Is also going to be, if it's not already, utilized in the course of express entry, and because things are so regimented, right? Most applications, if everything is correct, can really be auto auto approved. Now, of course, it's not an automatic approval. There's always a human, right? IRCC that's going to click the submit button, but it's really easy because of how they've confined everything in such a way that it doesn't require an officer to do a lot of thinking. And the more you can simplify the process, the more they can automate the assessment and the approval of express entry applications. And it goes the same for spousals, you know, simple, simple spousals that pass the tier one test that have all the elements that suggest that there is a, um, I better shut this off here. Um, that all of these, all of these, um, uh, applications that hit all of the main points, um, the, the the indicators that suggest that most of these applications, if they have these things, will be approved. They can build those into, you know, an augmented or um, what's the best way of describing it here? Um, Will Will had a good way of describing it. Let, just give me a second here. I'm going to pull this up here as I look at it. Uh, da, 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 oh yes, advanced. <laughs> My brain, this has been really tough staying on top of all this stuff. Um, Will uh, alluded to it as advanced analytics, okay, for processing. So basically using past data to, in a way, predict future decisions. And so ultimately that's going to be, if it's not already, ruled out through express entry. And I say not already because the data we looked at yesterday right here in our um in this uh, IRCC's use of artificial intelligence and how it might displace Chinook, which we've talked about before. This right here um, is something that you have to pay attention to in the course of your express entry applications and all applications because the intention is to roll it out. How in the world can you get through all of these applications that the minister talked about, you know, trying to push through, you know, decreasing from approximately 111,000 in September to just 48,000 by March, 2022. So you can see they wrote this, they drafted this. The people that were putting this together did this weeks ago. It's just now it's finally being launched, but you can see the goal is to reduce it by July, 2022. 
and individuals who are new, who are applying now, 80% would be processed in six months. And then there's the 20% that hit into difficult areas. Maybe you don't have a reference letter. An officer has to review all of this massive amounts of information. Maybe you're self-employed with a whole bunch of things that are not easy to assess. Those can often result in applications taking longer. So they don't guarantee six months for everybody, but eight months, uh, six months for 80% is that's really what this standard is, this service standard that they're talking about right here. Okay. All right. And then you can see here the policy for international grads and it covers January all the way to December, 2022. So make sure that you, once we get the more details that are going to be laid out, then we'll talk about those. Okay. And you can see he indicates the talented and skilled international grads play a vital role in addressing our labor shortage. Once again, do you see that labor shortage? They have to make this a you know, um, palatable for the general Canadian public. They need to help people to understand that this is going to be helping the labor shortages, which exist in meetings that I had with the CBA, uh, with ESDC. One of the things that they lamented, and I guess I shouldn't say lamented, but one of the things that perplexed them was areas where there was high vacancy and high unemployment. So basically what that means is employers are looking for people to take positions and they truly can't find people, but yet, the labor data suggests that there's high unemployment, people who don't have jobs. So why are they not matching up? Well, are Canadians just lazy? Maybe. Maybe that's the case. The generation of Canadians coming up now are used to being having things handed out to them and not having to work. I'm oversimplifying. I'm overgeneralizing just to play a point. That's not how I feel. But is that way? They'd rather stay home playing video games, you know, um, you know, posting on Twitter or, or Instagram than they do taking a job, you know, in, in food service, for instance. Maybe that's the case. I, I don't know. Um, but the reality is one thing is true and, and it's statistical is that there's high unemployment and high vacancy in some areas. And so if people, Canadians, don't want to take those jobs, well, that's where this labor, you know, the labor shortages that they're talking about, that is where they see uh, post-grad work permit holders filling many of those. But I'm not, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't know. These are the positions that you're often working in. And this is the pathways that you're proceed, you know, that you're moving down to, to secure permanent residence. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. It's clear that that's a reality. Okay, and you can see here, they highlight once again how valuable post-grad work permit holders are. They're already well integrated in the Canadian labor market. No, duh. Some of you have been working in the Canadian labor market for over three years, depending upon how many years of school you went to. And remember, don't take a one-year program. It's not going to help you. You don't have enough time to get that one year and to apply for express entry and to file a bridging open work permit if that was the case. Now, those, we haven't seen the specific details on this. But people who traditionally have only taken that one year and only got the 12-month post-grad work permit, this program's like a godsend to you because it's allowing you to do something you never would have been able to do before, which is get a work permit longer than a year. So in those circumstances, you guys are bailed out. But people in the future, I never, ever would encourage you to take a one-year program. There's just not enough time if you want to transition to PR. If you don't care, or you've got an employer or a spouse here or some other way to easily extend that permit, then go for it. But if you're relying on study to transition to PR and you have no other support network in place, I strongly discourage you from doing that. Okay, flipping back here. 
Tens of thousands are able to successfully transition to PR each year. Well, that's great. Well, how many international students are there, you guys? Hundreds of thousands? Yes. And they say including more than 157,000 former students who became permanent residents in 2021. Well, 157,000. How many of their how many, how many are out there? I'm sure you can go to CIC News. I don't have the stats right off the top of my head. But the reality is these um, th there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of students. There is not going to be room for everyone, not within even the current levels plans, which are over, you know, over what, 110, 120,000 economic PRs. The PNPs have over 80,000. So we've got over 200,000 potential spots. Well, you international students are not the only ones that are looking to take those. So this is a big issue that the government's going to have to sort out is the high massive number of international students and the fact that there simply is not enough room for all of them. Okay, and then you can say with more than 88,000 transitioning directly from post-grad work permits to PR status. Well, wow. Okay, <laughs> if that's only 88,000, do the math. Okay, the addition of the open work permit will allow applicants to continue contributing, blah, 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 and help address labor shortage while gaining valuable work experience. And here is the key. This is how integral express entry is for you guys and preparing their express entry profiles. So July. Once again, I'll get to this in a second. Okay, help bring even more skilled workers. They've doubled the number of PR decisions made in the first quarter. Well, who cares? Ultimately, the only thing that matters is this. IRCC levels plan <laughs> 2022. Let's pull this up. This is the only thing that matters. I don't care how fast they're pushing people through. The reality is there's only so much space. And if you look at the economic federal high skilled the target is 55,900 for 2022. The target for 2023 next year is 75,750 for the federal high skilled. And that doesn't take into consideration the TR to PR pathway, which is 40,000 for this year, 32,000 for for next year. And then you can see as we as we slide over here for 2024, they expect to have the TR to PR pathways processed. So you can see they're not rushing to process the TR to PR pathway. Here, they should have everything done and everybody landed. Okay, so I better turn off my notifications here. And there, <laughs> nothing like getting calls on a live stream. So I wanted to point that out for you guys, because when you're going through this process, um, the, the government may be saying, hey, we're going to look at all how fast we're, we're doing these. We've done them way faster compared to the previous time. Well, that's all great. That's just trying to, to show how quickly they're processing now after an absolute nightmare of how long? Up to 27 months for the other um, outland federal skilled worker candidates. And from January to March, they've made over 156,000 final decisions. So that just goes to show what they can do when they really put their minds to it. And they welcomed over 113,000 new PRs in the first quarter, the first quarter of 2022. So those of you who are out there wondering what, what is these new, new announcements going to mean for me? Well, the big thing, like I've said, Right from the beginning, even back in the beginning of the year, their goal is to get processed everything by July. And that's what the minister said. He said that previously, and that's what I told you guys. Um, 
All right, then if we zip through here, you can see this is where they're also trying to do some damage control. We've also processed more than 100,000 work permits in the first quarter, nearly doubling the number of processes over the same time period in 2021. Yeah, because you stopped processing in 2021. So this is no great feat. This is no great feat. And once again, if we go back to processing times, let's see how long it takes to process a work permit from outside of Canada in India. Let's see if it's changed any here. Because this I know is what you guys are looking at. Let me see if I can pull this up here. I'm looking through my mic. Okay, let's see. Voila, it's over a year. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Okay, but anyways, that's what the government's doing, right? They're doing what they can to try to spin every announcement in the most po positive light that they can. But let's face it, things have been an absolute disaster lately. An absolute disaster. Okay, next then you can see here, they touch on the temporary public policy implemented in August 2020. Foreign nationals in Canada as visitors have been able to apply for employer-specific work permits without having to leave. So the traditional rule is if you're here as a visitor, you can't apply from a, for a work permit from within Canada. You may apply online, but you would actually have to leave and re-enter in order to get your work permit. Well, recognizing that those in visitor status may also wish to stay <coughs> and find meaningful employment, this temporary policy has been extended to February 28th, 2023. So this doesn't mean that you just get an open work permit. This means that if you have an employer who, or, or another pathway to PR, and you're a visitor, this is really important for post-grad work permit holders, if we zip back up here, who have um, had their, let's see if we can find that thing, between January and 2022. So this is individuals who maybe had a, a post-grad work permit expiring in January, who had to transition to visitor status. Well, this potentially, and I'm, I'm reading into this because we don't have all the parameters, but this could very well open up um, the, the ability to, um, for them to then apply through the program and that policy will be extended till February 28th so that you can actually apply from within Canada. And this is a big deal. This really is because no one in their right mind would be traveling down to the CBSA in Sarnia or Coots or one of these ports of entry that are very, very gatekeeper-ish that will look for a way to refuse you and send you packing. Um, they'll say, have you been working without authorization? Let me see your phone. They'll see that you've been volunteering somewhere or there's some indication that you've worked without authorization while you've been on visitor status or heaven forbid kept working for your employer, you are done. They will remove you from the country. So not that anyone who has worked without authorization should not disclose it because you need to. You can't lie on your applications. And I hope that's not you. But this policy will open up the uh, ability to not have to leave to apply even if you are a visitor, which is a big deal. Finally, Finally, new measures for those who applied for permanent residence through the TR to PR pathway last year. Well, this isn't any this isn't any groundbreaking news. They're basically saying the limited time pathway was launched, invited individuals to apply while closed to new applications since November. The process of applications will continue for some time. Do you see that? What does that mean? For some time means this, that you're looking till 2023, some of you, to be officially landed right here. And you can see up to 42,000 is the high range. So I wanted to point that out for you as well. That's what they're saying here. Okay. So taking effect this summer, the policy changes announced today include applicants will no longer be required to remain in Canada while their application is being processed. Huge, huge plus. 
Applicants who apply for an open work permit while waiting for the permanent residence to be finalized will be able to get work permits valid until the end of 2024. And this will ensure that all PRs will be finalized before applicants will need to apply to extend their temporary status again. So they're hoping that this will never happen again, that they will never put you in the same situation that they just did and that these measures will take care of it. And there's a lot of reasons. They're trying desperately to get rid of processing, to limit the extensions, limit the volume so they can get a handle on it because right now it is a complete disaster. All right. And then to support family reunification, immediate family members who are outside Canada and who were included in a principal applicant's permanent residence application will be eligible for their own work permit. This is an important announcement and I want to see more about this because they're basically recognizing that the separation of families, which is a pillar within the Immigration and Refugee Protection Act, this concept that the priority for the act is the reunification of families. Well, the processing and the policies that were in existence are are once again, um, uh, you know, not in line with the pillars of the act and that they're keeping families apart. Okay. All right. And uh, yeah, and you can see that this also works in conjunction with Minister Qualtro's uh, announcement that I had, uh, that I did. Uh, and let me just jump back here to the YouTube channel. We'll flip back one to my channel here, and then you'll see great news for temporary foreign workers. This one right here. This is Minister Qualtro's announcement on the changes to ESDC and LMIAs and that whole temporary foreign worker program. All right. So there is, we've managed to get through just about everything there. And uh, I'm just looking here to see, let's see, I'm just going to pull up one more thing and then we will get to... We'll get to the questions and I will give you guys time. So, all right, let's see if there's anything else we've missed. I don't think so. I think that covers it off. All right. Woo. That was some announcements. (laughs) That was, that was quite the go around. So like I said, there's still lots of questions to be answered. Trust me, I will explain this to you. I apologize for taking so much time to do this, but let's jump in and let's start answering some questions. Those of you who said hello, I'm waving to all of you, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, wherever it is. Um, let's see if we can hit some questions that are directly in line here. Okay. Um, let's see here. Okay, let's see if I can sort to this. Okay, so this is Rory. He says, hey, great to hear the news of restarting CEC draws in July. I'm curious to know what someone in my situation should do. Expiring, IEC, pending, 200 plus days. Okay, so you've got under a year, visitor restorate. Oh, so you expired and you're on a visitor right now in the pool with 443 points. Rory, I'm not sure if there's a solution for you, my friend. Because like I said at the very beginning, the IEC, this is one of the challenges. It's not designed to make it easy for people to transition to PR. And if you're already on or you've applied to extend your stay as a visitor or to restore, if that's what you've done, um, yeah, it's going to be really, really tough for you at 443 points and the inability to work and being here because IEC is really not designed for PR. Now, with that being said, there may be some other options and that's why I always have my little... uh, my little triangle here, which you can hardly hear. And the triangle is basically my, you know, my, my statement, I guess, to, I'll, I'll click it again here, <clears throat> Rory. Actually, I'm going to expand this here. I was doing another one the other day. We'll make this just a little bit bigger so that everybody's comments can be seen. Um, 
I recommend that you slide over to our site right here, speak to a lawyer and in this 25 minutes, we can try to sort out, Rory, if there's something else that you can do. And you can go on right now and, and book a consult with one of the immigration lawyers in, in the firm. And yes, we do this live. We share everything, but we're immigration lawyers. And this is what we do. The challenging, the difficult stuff, Rory. All right. Um, so, yeah, I don't have an answer for you, my friend. We need to canvas your whole history, everything you've got going for you. All right. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> Salaya says, paused prepping for job interview in Waterloo to tune in. Cheers. <laughs> wow. Well, that's okay. Well, it's wonderful news for sure. Um, I would keep your job interview. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. This is a good question. Udera says, how soon will the FSW cutoff mark will come down to the pre-pandemic ranges? That is a question of all questions. And I do not think it's going to happen anytime soon, Udara. There's a lot of people that are going to be with really high human capital. Some people have been studying French. I don't know. How good can you learn French in, you know, in a year and a half? You know, December 23rd was the last no program specified draw. And there's lots of points being awarded for that. There's lots of international students now that are going to have more than three years of work experience. Four, you know, with 18 months, they could, yeah, get up to four years of Canadian work experience. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, Okay. Uh, Hola, Mark. I'm from Brazil. News release says the postgrad work permit extension covers those expiring from January to December. IRCC social media says it's from January 31st to December 31st. Mine expired on January 7th. How do I plan? I'll need to confirm that. I haven't looked into that, um, Evo. So that's something we'll have to look at. If they say January 31st, now remember the details have not been revealed. So this is just speculation. I hope that it's January the 1st, but you just don't know. Okay. Um, uh, Ma says, hey, would 511 be enough for the first CEC draw in July? I think yes. I think yes. Um, yeah, and there's lots of people talking about what about before January 31st? We'll have to see. We'll have to wait for the details. Yes, SJ, our collective efforts paid off, right? It's collective efforts of everybody that paid off. Okay, I'm going to try to enlarge this just a little bit, make it a little bit bigger here. So we can see everybody's comments. Okay. And those who are listening on the podcast, I also want to give you guys a shout out. And uh, it's always tricky when you're listening here uh, for the, the visuals, not having the visuals, but hopefully uh, you're able to uh, to get everything that we're talking about today. Okay. Um, all right. So Vishant says, hey, Mark, my question is for the PGWP expired in December. Is that also included in the extension? It doesn't look like it, Ishant. It does not look like it. It looks like the cutoff's going to be in January and we'll see if it's 31st or something uh, before that. Okay. Um, okay. And here's another good question. Lori says, hey, do I qualify for a post-grad work permit extension if I already extended last year for 18 months, but is expiring this year in October? That is to be determined. And you can see that it says for a post-grad work permit expiring in January through December of 2022. So technically, the extension that you're on is not a post-grad work permit. It's a, it's a, uh, a limited pilot that they opened up. So we don't know, Lori. That's something we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Okay. Um, 
And Alda is asking the same thing on Facebook. We'll have to wait and see because like I said, the Postgrad work permit extension is not an extension. It's not an extension like, you know, my passport was expiring after two years. And so my first Postgrad work permit was only valid for two years because of the expire of my passport. Therefore, I requested an, an extension on my Postgrad to give me my full three years once I got the new passport. That's an extension. This here, so technically you guys are not on post-grad work permits per se, but we'll have to see how this plays out with the program delivery instructions. And DJ World is saying what everybody's saying and we'll give an applause. It's the wow awesome. Okay. And yes, Kavish, I do not believe there's going to be another PR to, TR to PR pathway for international students. I truly believe that at least the one in the way it is structured right now was a one-time only. They don't have in the levels plans built in for any major announcements for international students, but we'll see what happens in the next 18 months. Okay. Um, okay, so here's a question. Karan says, hey, Mark, my postgrad work permit expiring December 2022. Sent paper application for extension, which received by IRCC last week. Should I withdraw my application? Can I also apply under the next 18-month extension policy? So I don't know which postgrad work permit, if you're in the situation, Karan, of it being one of these extensions from the previous 18 months. Even the extension that you're applying for, I don't know what that is. Is this one of those fake work permits, basically, that people are applying just to extend their implied status? I ring the bell, book a consult, Kran, and we can look at that, okay? All right, we'll get this lined up here. We've got nice and big where everybody can see. All right, let's see what's next here. Um, okay, Shivam says, what about postgrad expiring in March 2023? Are we eligible? Nope. I think we can safely say that no. It's just in that window of time that immigration has identified. Okay, first super chat is from Shakar. He says, hey, Mark, hope you're doing well. Thanks for always keeping us posted. Do you think it will be CEC specific draw? And what do you think the cutoff will be? So let's let's take a look here. We're going to dive in and, and look at this a lot closer. So uh, let's go to the uh, EE rounds of invitations, IRCC. Let's pull it up. I'll shift my screen over here. So if we look here historically at the numbers, and you can see what's in the queue right now. So, so the question here was, um, what do you think the cutoff will be? So if we go back here and look at this, we can see as of April the 11th, remember there was just a CEC only, uh, sorry, a PNP only draw. And so we know that 787 were issued and the lowest ranking score was 782. Why? Because 600 points for the PNP. If we go through here, you can see at the time there were 810. I always find this interesting, don't you guys? That over 600, there were 810. Well, people above 600, there's people that are getting over 600 without a PNP nomination. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of how many people are really, really off the charts high. Maybe they have a job offer and they have French, which gives them that whole hundred more points that that you need. So it's crazy to think that, you know, of, you know, 782 ranked, you know, the lowest score that, uh, <laughs> that, that of these individuals, and I should point back here, 787 were given an, an invitation. You know, there's people that are over 600 without the nomination, which is, which is crazy. Anyways, it is what it is. And in many cases, they also could be job offers that have 200 points. Excuse me. In most cases, the C-suite executives that are way up here, the 600 plus without a PNP nomination. So anyways, so looking down here, 500, you can see there's 6,391. 
And then if we go back and, and that's basically from 501 to 600, super, super high CRS. Okay. Then let's break down to the actual level. So 491 to 500 as of last week, April 11th. Well, really it's 11 days ago, right? Um, as of that 11 days ago, 3,406 were over 490 and there's 6,480 and from 471 to 480, there's 15,000. See, and the lowest it went down was to 468, somewhere in here. So some of these even are going to be, if it was to go back to the pre-pandemic levels, which we, we looked at was 468 was the lowest that it was. But down into the 470s, guys, you can do the math. It will take quite a while for them to flush that out. And even in the best of circumstances, they were only extending nominations to, or extending invitations to a maximum of about 5,000, maybe pushing 6,000. Aside from yes, draw 176, that was insane, like 27,332 or whatever it was. So good question. And, uh, you know, as far as when it would, uh, like if they were to reinitiate it in July, how long does it take to flush these candidates out? You know, like I said, you can do the math, you know, 15, 21, you know, 24, 25, up to 500. And then, you know, 30, (laughs) you know, 30,000. You know, even if it was maximum six, you've got at least five draws, maybe more. So I would, I have to assume by late, late, late fall, if no new people were coming in. But the big issue, you guys, is that now with the institution of of French language, people are getting a lot more bonus points. And all of those postgrads who are working in Canada, who had high human capital, who are now able to benefit from another 18 months are going to get an even another year of Canadian work experience. Now, it's not adding up significant amounts, you know, maybe 10 or or more points, but still, every little bit adds up. Okay. Yes, it was, Saleha. It was a good question. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. I don't think if I'm, I'm going to make sure I'm not missing any others. Okay. Let's jump to the next chat here. This one's from Mamadou. Uh, Hi, Mark. Can we keep working if our postgrad work permit expires before the policy rolls out? No, you cannot. No, you cannot. You cannot keep working under any circumstance if you haven't applied for another work permit. And, you know, some people, you know, give this impression that, oh, if you're in restoration status, you can keep working. But no, the law is that when your work permit expires, you have to stop working unless you've submitted an application to extend your work permit before the current one expires. Great question, Mamadou. I'll give you a little a little uh, applause for that. Okay. Um, all right. So Kavish says, and I think I may have already answered this. Hi, Mark. Can I hope for any PR pathway for international students as mentioned in mandate letter? I have 17 months left of my work permit and I'm currently working in Noxie job. What can I do? Stop working in a Noxie job. Do not do that. Any of you postgrad work permit holders, unless you have a very clear pathway through one of the low skill programs in one of the provinces, do not under any circumstance work in a low skill job. Don't. You're wasting your time. You're burning up. And the likelihood of you being able to use that, my goodness, the essential worker program was because of a global pandemic that completely shut the world down and you were working on the front lines. That's why they instituted that under the humanitarian and compassionate category. That's why they instituted the post um, that that essential worker TR to PR pathway. That program was so rare, so rare. Yes, in provinces like Alberta, if you've studied in Alberta, <clears throat> you've got your um, postgraduate work permit at in Alberta and you're working in a a position or um, 
a job that relates to your occupation, you know, then maybe there's a shot at a, a knock C. But the best advice I can give you, Kavish, is to look for a skill level B. And yes, you need to pay attention. We don't know what the tier system is going to officially when it's going to be launched. But um, but take all of that into consideration. Okay, really, really, really important. Okay, let's see here. Um, uh, Rashid, you're very welcome, says, thank you for updating us on real time. I appreciate your efforts. And I appreciate all of your questions because the questions are really, really, really good. Okay, let's keep zipping through here and let's see what else we've got. Um, uh, okay, yes. Sarah says, Minister Fraser didn't mention the knock specific draws. Does that mean we are safe now? People, knocks not in demand? Sarah, we don't know. He never said anything about it. He said he would resume. Remember, and as I've talked about before, built into the budget, a couple years back was an ability for them or at least funding to modify express entry to allow the ability to use occupations in you know in demand essentially and but how are they going to do that maybe they give bonus points for them maybe they do like they did for canadian experience class when it was first launched if your occupation is in these particular occupations then you can apply kind of like a barrier to getting into the pool itself that you have to have those occupations. We don't know how it's going to play out. Okay. All right, let's keep zipping through here. Um, Okay. Isato says, are spouses whose sponsorship applications already submitted included in the open work permit? That is something we don't know. So, We'll wait for further instructions. We'll wait for further information. But that is a great question. And that will be a topic for future because we don't have those details yet. Um, Let's see what else here. Um, Okay, Sajad. Hey, one of my alumni. And that's a good segue, you guys. (laughs) Sajad Samedi. It's so good. He says, does this apply um, to people who have an EAPR submitted. Um, it doesn't, Shahzad. Um, when it comes to if you're in Canada, remember, if you have an EAPR submitted, you can apply for a bridging open work permit. So that's the advantage. If you're outside of Canada, then this doesn't apply to you. So um, generally speaking, if you have any economic PR program that fits within the parameters of the bridging open work permit, you know that's the option. That's the avenue that you have. But I guess I should take a step back. If your work permit still meets the parameters of, you know, expiring your post-grad within this period of time, um, you have the ability to choose what you want to do. Ultimately, they're both open work permits. But this one, if, okay, here's a, here's a good way of describing this job. If I was to look at uh, work permit extensions that are risky versus not risky, if you apply for a bridging open work permit based on your EAPR and you're in Canada through, say, CEC, well... If that permit resident application gets returned because of something that's incomplete, well, then it's also going to undermine your work permit. But this post-grad work permit new extension, this 18-month, and I shouldn't be using that word extension, this new program that allows post-grad work permit holders to apply for a new 18-month work permit, that program doesn't rely on PR. So if I had a choice, I'd probably go down that path unless I'm I'm in a situation where I'm I, I'm collecting job offer points under the uh, um, under the provisions of uh, the express entry system under CEC or, or FSW. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. I think we've got another here. We'll hit. So this one, oh, Gooner boy. Okay, it says my work permit, my postgraduate work permit is ending June 9th. Since 
Excuse me, since this is starting mid of June, how would you recommend I go about the extension for postgrad work permit? Thank you. Okay, well, once again, we need more details. They have not yet released those. So big splash and then suspense. The moment we get the program delivery instructions, I will do a video and I will also create a short little not expensive course to help navigate you guys through this who are wanting to benefit from it. Because I can't tell you how many consults I had with people who didn't understand the last one and just thought it's so easy. I've already applied for my postgrad. I don't need to worry about it. Who missed something and then were basically screwed. And it happened so many times. And this is immigration, right? They make it look so easy that you don't need any help. You don't need any assistance. You can do it on your own until you miss one little thing. And that's why our collaborative review model within our law firm, which is, is something that we do all the time. And if you guys want to learn more about it, all you have to do is go to our approach and you can read our collaborative review model. We support our clients. We don't just take over the process for you, but we work collaboratively with you. You maintain control, but you get the full weight and support of an immigration lawyer helping you to make sure that you get it right the first time. So um, for many people, stay tuned. Once, Gunnar, once the uh, um, once we get the program delivery instructions, um, I will be launching a course to help people make sure that they get it right. And I'm not going to charge a lot for it. So um, we'll, uh, yeah. And that way I can literally walk people through step by step, just as the same way as this one right here, which is uh, Sajad and many other alumnus. Let's go back to right here on Monday, April the 25th. And this is a perfect segue, is my next Express Entry course and master class. And I can tell you that the best time to subscribe for this course, and yes, it does have CPD accreditation for um, IRCC um, uh, consultants, uh, CICC uh, CPD accreditation for our CIC consultants. Um, this right now is the best time to do this to make sure that you've got your act together you've got everything in place so when those rounds start in july you're going to be ready you'll have everything in place you've already talked with your employer you've determined what's going to work and what isn't and uh and you um are optimizing essentially the um the likelihood of you getting an invitation to apply and you may have questions that you need answered right now and that's why within the course Right, as you can see, you can go right to this site and there's a link below um, at the bottom. You will see there is over five hours of live masterclass that will start Monday from 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time where you can ask me anything. The people are we've got a private group that you're admitted to. We have a, 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 a private live stream that I do where you ask questions just like this. Sometimes we even jump on Zoom depending on the people. But you can see every aspect of the express entry process is laid out. These are all individual lessons. Like there's over 50 lessons and uh, totaling 642 minutes as well as the five hours of masterclass. So now is the time actually to take this course if you're thinking about doing it and you, there's still time to subscribe and join me. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to I just wanted to bring that up. But once they launch this, then we're going to create another course to help with this program because I just saw so many people who made mistakes and you can do this yourself. You can or you can retain um, someone that you trust uh, to, to help you with the process. But that's why we create the courses. That's why we do our collaborative review is because it affords individuals an ability to maintain control of their own application, but get all the questions, all the help. And we do it via screen share. 
And the beauty of Zoom is that I don't get your, your login information. You submit your own login, but we do everything together. We even upload the documents together and we even submit it together, albeit you're the one who's submitting it. So that's how our firm is radically transformed our, our delivery because we love to work with you guys, DIYers at heart. Okay, let's zip down and we'll go a couple more questions, then we will wrap it up. There's been a ton of uh, really, really good questions here. And um, if I missed your question, my apologies. Uh, the reality is I just can't get to everybody, especially when it's coming on Facebook and, tw- and Twitter and YouTube and LinkedIn. So um, yes, so let's keep zipping through here. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Bright. Yes, Bright. Hello, my friend. He says, this is some great, great news. Thank you, Sean Fraser. Well, I didn't do anything, but I'm I'm just the messenger and I love being the bearer of very good news. Okay. um, Let's see what else we have here. And uh, let's see here. Um, Yeah. And so Ishant, we we actually touched on this. Um, We'll see what the program delivery instructions say, but usually they're pretty rigid. So if July, January 31st is the time that they say, then you won't be able to, to do it. And this is something that we, I ran into issues with people in the last 18-month uh, work permit. <clears throat> People's work permits, they usually would say they have to be expiring within four months or something like that. There was a time period. But individuals' work permits were actually expiring after that period um, uh, that that window of time. And so people were missing out on it. I had a couple clients in that way. And so, yeah, if January 31st is what they're sticking to, then you're not going to be able to submit it before that time. Okay, let's see here. Um, we're just trying to stick to a couple last ones. Kavish, you are very, very welcome. Okay, Winston says, Winston DeSouza says, would it be a CEC specific draw or no program specified draw when they resume draws? Thanks. We do not know. My view is that it's probably going to be a no program specified draw because the minister had said that. He specifically alluded to the federal skilled worker program. And so it would not surprise me. I'm banking more on a no program specified draw than a CEC only. Okay, Mamadou, you're very welcome. And Sajad says, nice to see you, Mark. Thanks for everything. Okay, let's keep zipping through here. Um, And anyone who's asking specific questions about themselves, I'll ring my little triangle, slide over to our website and and just go up to the top, any of these pages, speak to a lawyer and you you can book a consult. But anyone who's thinking, once again, anyone who's thinking about going through the express entry process, absolutely slide over here. There's a link below in the description and register for the masterclass. And there are, you, you can go through with this masterclass that I've had so many people go through this thing. And the last thing in the world I want you to do is lose out on your opportunity because you miss something small. And I just can't get the message out to everybody. But by doing these courses and me running them as a masterclass, I can help so many more people at the same time. And the best part of it is that you learn from the questions that other people ask as well. And But yeah, after eight years or seven years, I guess it is, <clears throat> of the um, express entry process, I've learned a few things and I've embedded all of it within the course. Okay. Um, Okay, so Gunnar says, super happy about the news, but I also don't want to lose my job during the transition because I can't work. Book a consult. Let's see if we can sort it out. 
Uh, Castro says, so if your postgrad ends on January the, the 1st, 2023, you get zero extension. How is that fair? It's entirely fair, 100% fair, Kasra, because in that time, CEC rounds will start and then it will be right back <clears throat> into the same place as everybody else who graduated, got post-grad, applied through CEC or through express entry, got their EAPR submitted and could extend through the bridging open work permit. So that's why it's fair, Kasra. The only reason that they're doing it now is because there were no rounds of invitations that allowed for people who normally would go through express entry to be able to do it. So it's entirely fair and they have to draw the line at some point. Yes. And I will, I will Fox, I will confirm that what stands out is that this is people with expired postgrads in September of last year, unfortunately did not fall into the category. No. And yes, it's great news, but it definitely is. It's not going to be wonderful news for everybody. Okay. Um, let's see here. I think we are going to wrap it up here. Yeah, I think we'll end right here. So thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. It was another great live Q&A. And uh, we're, stay tuned for more details because this is going to be, well, it was amazing news, something that I'm so, so happy happy about. And like many of you have identified, um, it doesn't benefit everybody, okay? If we flip back here, these new measures um, to address Canada's labor shortage, they're helping express entry people um, finally see a light at the end of the tunnel, which is rounds starting in July. Postgrad work permit holders whose work permits are expiring in, Ju- in January and December, the exact dates, maybe it's January 31st, we'll see. Um, they are going to be able to have the ability to extend for 18 months. And uh, once again, I'm using extension, but it is a new work permit. And you know, going from there, that's essentially the the good news. All right. Okay, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I've got lots of stuff I got to get back to here in the office and uh, we'll see all of you later. Take care. This episode of the Canadian Immigration Podcast is sponsored by the Canadian Immigration Institute, one of the best sources of video content on Canadian immigration to help you navigate your way through the Canadian immigration process. Head on over to the YouTube channel where there's tons of video content and you can join Mark, yes, myself, in a number of live video streams, Q&As, all designed to help you navigate your way through this crazy Canadian immigration process. When you're done there, like and subscribe and then head on over to the CanadianImmigrationInstitute.com where you can find all those awesome DIY courses that I've been talking about. Thank you, Canadian Immigration Institute. You are the sponsor of this amazing little podcast.